So my young brothers and sisters, please move more to the center. So, please move more to So let us read uh, just, uh, I can read you, it's not necessary for you to open your Bible, but we are going to read just a few verses for you in the Bible. I will not tell you where it is, those verses, and then you try to, to remember where they are. Do not be anxious then saying, What shall eat wheat? Or what shall we drink? Or with shall what well, no with what shall we close ourselves? For all these things the Gentiles eagerly seek, for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. So but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So we thank the Lord because He knows us very well. And He knows how we worry about so many things. But He tells us, don't be anxious. I know that you need to dress, I know that you need to eat. But if you still would like to be anxious, he gave us a suggestion. Why not be anxious to seek his kingdom? It seems a very good idea. So uh, based on this uh, verse in the uh, in the Gospel of Matthew. I think all of you know the that chorus that we normally we sing, Seek first the kingdom of God. So Taba And then we are going to to sing the first. Uh, yes, we are going to sing the first uh, stanza all together. Uh, Although the second stanza it says man, it's a mankind, but uh, or the believers, but the man we are going to sing the first second stanza. 在第二节这个人活着这个人英文是男人但是所以我们这个弟兄弟兄们来唱 
我们来试试看。OK， let's go。我们唱好像并不是那么很很积极的，很很很迫切。Eat and drink you have after the meeting, okay? <笑>我们看看将来。No problem. But now let us be anxious to seek the kingdom of God together. 现在我们来迫切的来寻求他的神。Okay, so let us sing once again the the first、uh, stanza and then we follow as we suggest. Thank you for placing us in your body. We thank you for placing us in your body. We thank you for placing us in your body. We thank you for placing us in your body. We thank you for placing us in your body. We thank you for placing us in your body. We thank you for placing us in your body. We thank you for placing us in your body. We thank you
It is our prayer that we would respond to you and uh, that you would be glorified. And now as we consider your word and consider uh, where you've placed us, we do ask for your Holy Spirit's help. Help us to listen, help us to respond. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's begin by <coughs> turning to Ephesians chapter 1. Very familiar verses, especially on our theme of the body of Christ. And we'll start reading verse 15. Let's start with verse 18. Paul writes, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the workings of the strength of his might. Which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenlies. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection unto, under his feet and gave him as head over all the things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Again, that phrase in verse 22 and 23, all things to the church, which is his body. And his body is fullness of him who fills all in all. So as we all know, for the last almost a year, we've been considering the theme of the body of Christ. And this is one of the many passages we've focused on. And we see here it stated very clearly here that the, the church is the body of Christ. And then we see here that it's also the fullness. That it's the way Christ is expressed, the way he expresses himself. And as we read then ahead, we see Paul talks about our response to this fact. Let's look at chapter 2, verse 4. 
But God, being rich in, in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 然而神既有丰富的怜悯，因他爱我们的大爱，当我们死在过犯中的时候，便叫我们与基督一同活过来。你们得救是本乎恩，他又叫我们与基督耶稣一同复活，一同坐在天上。So that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. 要将他极丰富的恩典，就是他在基督耶稣里向我们所施的恩慈，显明给后来的世代看。You see there, these riches of Christ are going to be shown forth.所以我们在这里看到，这里有基督的丰丰富要在这里啊显明出来。But now about our response.那么我们的回应应该是什么呢？Verse eight，第八节。For by grace you have been saved through faith and and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so no one may boast. 你们得救是本乎恩，也因着信。这并不是出于自己，乃是神所赐的，也不是出于行为，免得有人自夸。For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. 我们原是他的工作，在基督耶稣里造成的，为要叫我们行善，就是神所预备叫我们行的。What are the good works that the Lord wants you and I to walk in? In response to his body. 神要我们怎么做？为着回应他，我们应该怎么样的行善呢？ Now let's turn to chap- Acts chapter four. 我们能翻到使徒行传第四章。Chapter four, verse thirty-one through thirty-seven. 使徒行传第四章。and when they prayed, when they play, prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. And the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own, but all things were common. Property to them. Let's read that again. Verse 32. And the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own, but all things were common property to them. And with great power, the, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of Lord Jesus, and abundant grace was upon them. For there was not a needy person among them, for all, were owners, all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales and lay them at the apostles' feet, and they would be distributed to each as any had need. Now Joseph, a Levite of Cyprian birth, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles, which translated means son of encouragement, and who owned a tract of land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. 
Over the holiday, um, two books came into my hands, uh, both neither of which I sought out. Two books came into my hands. Uh, I guess you call it vacation reading. I sought neither of these books. I didn't go I didn't want them. I didn't know about them actually. One was a book my son in law wanted wanted to read and it was on his Christmas list. My wife and I bought it for him. He still hasn't touched it. I started reading it because I was curious. So I promised David that we will buy him another copy. That's a book by a fellow named Shane Claiborne who's a believer who's quite young. And uh, to put it very succinctly, he and other believers in the Philadelphia have a community of saints where they try to seek and follow Christ among uh, the real poor in Philadelphia. And the book is about his search for finding uh, real Christians who are following Christ. The other book is a book uh, that my mother gave me that I didn't know about it. It's a very simple book. It's called Christians Together. And it's about the book of Acts. Uh, this is written by someone the book of Acts and these early moments of the of the body of Christ. And I felt led by the Lord for us to look again at these these moments, these early weeks of the body of Christ. And as we look at it, we can appreciate, in fact maybe even celebrate uh, the beauty of what God does in His body. But as we do it, as 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 we study this, there's also a challenge from the Lord. How are each of us responding to what the Lord is showing us? He's saying, Here's, this is the body of Christ. Here's your place in it. 
How are you responding? And that doesn't apply just today. That applies to the fact that we've been considering this for nine months. What's your response? What's my response? Now, uh, Mr. Fogel in his book does an interesting thing when he, when he uh, introduces it. He says three little words explain much of the meaning of fellowship in the book of Acts. Three little words. One word is the word with. And the word and. And the word we. Not the game. We. W-E. <laughs> And what do we mean by that? Well, let's look at some verses and you'll see what I mean. Acts chapter 1, verse 14. And these were all, uh, these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and, the, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. The point here is the, the word with speaks of the fact that we are together and the, and the disciples were together with one another. The the apostles were there, but also they were there with the women, the mother and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with other the brothers, his brothers. So the word with has to do with us being together. We see a much more important use of it uh, in chapter in chapter uh, two, verse fourteen. And now we know that this is right after the Holy Spirit's been poured out on the people and they're speaking in tongues. And Peter stands up to speak to the multitudes. And it says here, but Peter taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them. So it's with the others. And in the New Testament we find it's that those who take a lead are doing it with the others. Peter is sort of like the star of the moment, but he stands up with the others. They are together. And the reality of the body of Christ is we're always with one another. Let's look. Oh, let's move on. 
And so that's that's the example one example. Now we also see another example in verse in chapter three, right after this. We see chapter three begin with now Peter and John were going up to the temple on the ninth hour um, uh, to and they met someone who wanted healing. And so we look at verse 8. And with a leap he stood and... and Now let's look at verse 8. And with a leap he stood up upright and began to walk and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Now we'll see this a little bit later. Peter and John were together. And here's this one who needs healing. But he needs salvation. And now they reach out and give him that salvation. And what happens? Of course he's celebrating. He's healed. But he also joins with them. So he, he enters the te- temple with them. So he's Peter with John. To this one who's desperate. Now he's saved. And he goes with them. The body of Christ includes uh, these ones. Together. Let's turn to First Peter for some some of his words. First Peter chapter one. and coming to him as living stone who has been rejected by men but is choice and precious in the sight of God you also as living stones are being built up as, in a spirit, as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ and verse 9 and 10. 第九第十, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you were once not a people, but now you are a people of God. You have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And 
And so we see these verses by Peter much later as he describes the body of Christ and describes you and I who are pulled in as living stones as part of this house. We're brought into this family. We're brought into this race. And we are with one another. And that one who was just healed by Peter, he's with them now. The only difference between the apostles and those new Christians was that the apostles had seen Christ. They were with him. So we look back in chapter 1, verse 8. Peter speaks about the fact that we're all brothers. He says, and though though you have not seen him, you love him, and though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible, full of glory. And all of the apostles were looked up to in a special way. It was because they had been with Jesus. And very soon after that, we see that it's other brothers, brothers and sisters, who didn't see Jesus in person, but made up the body of Christ. And then Peter says, let's look in in verse 22, uh, 21 and 22 of the same chapter. The Lord has set us apart and brought us into this family. What should the characteristic of that family be? The core of this family. And we read in verse 22 and 23. Since you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable, that is, through the living and enduring word of God. So Peter, from years years later, Peter is describing uh, what's important to us. And notice that what he, he mentions here two kinds of love, sincere love of the brethren, and fervently love one another. Uh, now actually in Greek he used both words. He used filio, which is the brotherly love, and the second one is agape love. God's love, sacrificial love. And that's to be our, the characteristic of us in this family. So 
actually looking back over this year, uh, we've had many special messages, but we do remember Ernie Heil when he was visiting in October. So And he reminded us of of this center, this focus of of love. And in, in John chapter 13, when Jesus spoke of a new commandment, let's turn there. John 13, verse 34-35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. That command is that this new command is as God has Christ has loved us. And by this, verse 35, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. 三十五节，你们若有彼此相爱的心，众人因此就认出你们是我的门徒了。So as we come into this family, love is what God wants us to do. 就当我们来到神的家中，这神就叫我们啊要彼此相爱。Not just brotherly love, but agape love. 不只是弟兄的相爱，而是神的爱。And our brother Danny, when he shared, he shared a story about POWs in in the Second World War. 當我們兩弟兄分享的時候講到第二次世界大戰就是在那些俘虜營的戰俘們。Remember the story the British POWs they were in Burma in in the camp. 記得在英國的那些戰俘在緬甸的戰俘營。And they were treated like animals. 他們好像那個對待他們日本人對待他們像動物一樣。And one one brother stood out this corporal stood out as he served the others around him. And his love saved those around him. He was eventually killed. But others went on loving one another. And then in the most extreme part of the story, some Japanese soldiers who were injured came into camp. And then these British ones crossed the line and loved even their enemy. What a testimony of the love. Testifies to God's presence. Sets them apart. So let's turn back now to the practical aspect of the brothers and sisters came together as one in chapter 2 of Acts. The Lord had brought them into this body. They were with one another. And they did what? Chapter 2, verse 42. 
And they were continually devoting themselves to teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who were believed were, were together and had all things in common. They began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all, anyone might, who might have need. So their practical expression of this is that how do we love one another? We actually just share everything. They quite literally started selling things they own as they helped one another in need. Remember, many of these had traveled from a distance. Some of them didn't have possessions. So in this group, though, they gave, they gave everything. The Lord was moving. And they, they were uh, expressing their love to one another. And it was intensely practical. In chapter 4, we find out the first persecution happens. And then after that, after they come out of that, uh, and, and people like uh, John and Peter are released, there's a new burst of, of the Holy Spirit's uh, blessing. And that's the passage we just read earlier. As we see in chapter 4, verse 32, as, as they shared everything. But what we're going to appreciate today is how extreme this sharing was. Verse 32 of chapter 4. The congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul. Not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own. But all things were common property. Could we do this? Or do we have this attitude? If the Lord is moving, and the Lord has put us with his people, should that not be the most important thing going on? And then we find a good a one example of that. By name. In verse 36, we find out about Barnabas. That he had some land and he sold it. Now let's consider Barnabas for a second. So he sold what he owned. It turns out Barnabas is a very generous person. In many other ways, too. In fact, Barnabas was given a name. 
says here that the apostles called him Barnabas, son of encouragement. He was helpful to others. So they gave him a special name. Sort of like Jesus gave Peter his name. Remember Barnabas later on uh, did lots of special things like introduce Paul back to those in Jerusalem. Barnabas was a, a man of grace. He traveled with Paul. He tried to have Paul travel with Mark. Later he traveled with Mark. Many believe that that uh, Barnabas was a big guy. But he was given this name, son of encouragement. And let's see him as an example of those brothers and sisters there. When the time was right, he sold what he that property owned and just gave it all. Do we have this attitude? Do we have this generosity to one another? Especially in these times. Also, Barnabas was given a name that's sort of interesting. I wonder what your name would be. I was in a group trip once where we did this for each other. We gave each other names like Indian names. It was a wilderness trip, so we had, we had been with each other for three weeks straight. Then we gave each other names. Mine was Gentle Eagle, but that's, that, that was because I was a leader, so they had to respect me. <laughs> but let's think about that. You as a brother and sister, what would your brothers and sisters, what name would they give you? Right now, what would they what name would they give you? Would it be something that it had to do with encouragement like Barnabas? Your generosity? Or your fervor for the Lord? If Brother Chow were here, he's not here today, I would give him the name Mr. Hospitality. Because for years when we first came to New York, he was Mr. He and his wife were represented the best of hospitality. I don't know what name I'd come up for Brother Tio over there, but back in those years, Brother Tio was like a mystery. Uh, he traveled a lot to Brazil. Then he would show up. And he would share. So maybe I would call him Lightning Bolt. 
Because he would always, always end up speaking about whether or not you're listening to the Holy Spirit now. His words would always challenge me. So what name would you have? How are you participating in the body of Christ? Let's step back now from let's look at the group. This this group uh in the old, in Acts. So there's their example, they shared everything. They wanted to be a part of what God was doing. They had to give up whatever they were doing before that in order to do follow what God is was doing. And they shared everything together. Because they were of one heart and soul. Now throughout church history, we've seen many groups that have done something similar. Uh, Brother Christian has gone through many of those groups in his sharings this last year. And one of the things we see over and over is as the Lord pours his revelation uh, out, he pours out his Holy Spirit in a fresh way. Very often those brothers and sisters are in a community uh, together. Very often they, they have to be separated from the world around them. Whether it's because of persecution or it's a call to holiness. These groups have to say yes, Lord, and they have to separate themselves from what's going on around in order to follow. And they also share intensely with one another, share whatever they have. Is that because they had no choice to survive? But it's also an expression of that love that God uh, gives us for each other. They share because that's what we do in the body of Christ. And many of those groups came to this country, this land. We spoke of, of the Quakers quite often. Uh, but then there are also other groups throughout since that time. This book I read about from Shane Claiborne reminds me that there are folks in different places in the world now who are seeking the Lord and creating a community where they share. 
They're taking Jesus at his word. And that in this case, they're taking Jesus at his word and serving the poor. And so today, what's our community? We have, in effect, a community here. There's another one in Manhattan. What's our reality? Now many of these groups through history eventually lose their vigor. Things become mixed. And often uh, dissipate. We also see in history also something negative. This idea of coming together and sharing everything. Is, 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 is in a sense from God. But what happens when we take that idea, leave God out, and then come in and share everything? We put it this way. When sharing is forced from the outside, it's not the Lord's way. And many of you folks who have lived in mainland China know what happens when commune or community is enforced by government. We don't own anything. Everything is for the people. The problem is the state, the government, actually runs everything. The state replaces God. And then the state is run by sinful men. Sinful men who are corrupt. So when this kind of community is forced by man in an artificial way, it leads to corruption and bondage. But that's just as a counterpoint for contrast. What we wanted today is focus on the positive side of when this happens from the life within. The community we're talking about is when Christ is in us and then we're drawn together by Him. And we share what we have. So we want to appreciate what happened with the brothers and sisters back in, the, in Acts. 
We're going to appreciate that throughout history, brothers and sisters, when they receive revelation from God, have tried to follow Him. And as they took him seriously, they had made practical steps uh, to, to be together in a community. And if that meant selling what they own and share it all, that's what they did. If that meant living close to one another, that's what they did. Some of you have visited Memphis recently. There's a fellowship in Memphis where most of the folks live in one neighborhood, very close to each other. So in the in the years past, as they sought the Lord, that was way they could express this life together in their community. Our goal here is not to follow some formula. But our, 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 we, what we want to do today is appreciate that when God speaks to us like this, we want to respond. We are in a time, as Christian Chen has pointed out, of tremendous shaking. Just two weeks ago, he pointed our attention at, at the at, at book of Haggai. Where the remnant had come back and the temple needed to be restored. But the people had focused on restoring their own homes, their own, let's call it, possessions. But God's agenda involved his temple. And in our case, God's agenda involves what He's doing in His body. So we need to consider. We need to consider everything we have to be His. We need to be generous like Barnabas is. We need to have everything sort of at his feet. Even our careers and what we're building should be for him. And we would allow, let him uh, express his love through us. Actually, that, in terms of the words, that was the we were, we together, in community. Now, there's another word, uh, the word and, comes up in these, these uh, chapters. And we like to look at those chapters. In Acts chapter 3, verse 1. We find here now Peter and John. And this is that miracle. It's Peter and John who healed this man. 
In fact, look at verse 3. It says, And he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple. Verse 4, And Peter along with John fixed his gaze on him and said, Look at us. It's Peter and John. And in the next chapter, when they when they're arrested, it's Peter and John. So in the next chapter, when they when they're arrested, it's Peter and John. And we see down in verse 13. Now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. And so this, these two, Peter and John, and the New Testament is full of ands. Barnabas and Saul. Paul. Paul and Silas. Barnabas and Mark. And then their couples, Priscilla and Aquila. Ed and Nancy. <laughs> Stephen Kong and Lance Lambert. I switched off a couple of them. Kristen Chen and Dana Congdon. Now when, I, when we see this Anne, notice what's happening. Two people who are very, very different, but the Lord has put them together for something. A few years ago it was Dana and Ernie in Long Island. Jesus sent out two by two when he trained the disciples. And throughout the, this New Testament we see and that means two people put together by God. God works through the two. So what do we see in this picture? First of all, it's two is better than one. Throughout Christianity, there's a problem when one person becomes the focus. No matter how much life one man has, if it's one man, then it's limited. So God's way always involves together, more than one. Within two, you have accountability. And with two working together requires grace. And you also have God expressing Himself very different through different ones. Think how different Peter and John are. They're different personalities. 
And later on in their letters are very different. And yet here they are, Peter and John together. They're expressing the richness of Christ. And then I think of these two guys. This young one who's uh, sort of a rebel, he's a real radical. And this Maurice Fogel guy who who uh, wrote this book right around the time I was born in the 50s. This guy rejects virtually all organized church. And he's really seeking after what the Lord wants done now. And this man was seminary trained and a regular pastor in regular church. But he too is seeking. Very, very different, yet they're brothers. They didn't serve together, but that's the variety in the body of Christ. Look around and see how different we are. I'm not like Alex. Alex is not like me. His wife is very happy that he's not like me. Sometimes because... Uh, no, I won't go there. We're all part of the body of Christ. Obeying and expressing his life. In fact, it's like one big family of those who are trying to follow the Lord and put into practice what he's saying. It's a family that spans place and time. In this case, it is family, uh, also family in another way. Because this uh, Maurice Fogel, that's my grandfather. I didn't know he wrote a book. That's why my name is Maurice. But he died when I was in eighth grade. Long before I was seeking Lord. I really didn't get to know him as a brother. So it's a family. God's wonderful family. And I find in his in his writing I find that same burden that same discomfort with this world that I find in Shane Claiborne. That desire to express what God wants here, now, in our midst, among us.
So let's celebrate the fact that the Lord has brought us into this wonderful body. His body. Now there's a very negative story, we won't take time, but there's a very negative story that follows up in chapter 5 of Acts. 在此度行传五章之后，有一个呃很很很负面的一个故事。And we find here two people, Ananias and Sapphira. 在这里有一个人叫亚拿尼亚和他和撒贝拉，who sell some land but then keep part of it and deceive by just bringing some of it.他们在这里把他们全产都卖了，但是他们自己私下留了一部分，但是把其余的拿出来。他们在这里想要有一点欺骗。Now the sin seem is so severe. That both of them end up dying on the spot. Let's, we won't go into the details of that. But what it serves is this warning. Clearly, something's wrong with deceit. Well, definitely something's wrong with deceit. But this is a picture of someone who's holding back. Who's half-hearted? Who's not following the Lord fully? And especially if the Lord is moving and you can see it, and you're in that community and everybody's sharing it, in that context to then hold back. A very grievous sin. Serious sin. But just to as to see that as a contrast to what, what the Lord wants is what we want to do. In his book, uh, Maurice Fogel, my grandfather, writes these words. We come then to speaking not about death, that is Ananias and Sapphira, but about life, because the kind of joy and enthusiasm just described is the very meaning of life itself. He was talking about the contrast between those who are giving everything and enjoying that, that fellowship. To the ones who are holding back. For he, sa- he says, For life is the opposite of listlessness, indifference, and reservation. Life is the glad, inexhaustible expenditure of self. What life is all about is spending ourselves. And of course, we're not talking about our self-life. We're talking about spending what can't run out, which is Christ in, in us. 
我所想要把自己奉献出来，这个自己并不是我们的个人的己，而是我们基督在我们里头，我们能够把它、啊、这样的生命奉献出来。With extravagance, because it can't be drained or diminished. 我基督的生命是不像我们人的生命是有限量的，一下就就就够枯干了。但是这个生命是毫无限量的。And so as we we in, we celebrate what God has done in His body, we also have the challenge. How have you and I responded? So in this place, we celebrate joy. We celebrate what God has done in us. 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 We celebrate what And let me just—we know the story very well. We know the story very well. Let's remember that that Peter had had betrayed, or not betrayed, had denied the Lord three times. We also know that at that time, Peter had denied the Lord three times. But the Lord had prayed for him first. Back in in Luke 22, you find the Lord had prayed. He says, "I prayed for you already." We in Luke 22, 章主说我已经为你祷告 And then, as the as Peter denied the Lord, he actually made eye contact with Jesus. 所以当彼得在那边不认否认主的时候，其实他跟So in chapter 21 of John, we find that Jesus has already,、uh, sorry, Peter had already received that sense of forgiveness. So in John 21, Peter actually knew that God had forgiven him. So when they were fishing, he rushed out of the boat. He jumped in the water So we see in Peter that he's he's known the grace and mercy of God. So our Peter, he knows God's grace and mercy. As you and I have have also. We we are like him. We also know. And then at at this moment when Jesus turns to him and says, verse fifteen, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? So in this moment, fifteen, he says. We also know that Peter doesn't respond with agape love; he responds with filio in his words. We also know that Jesus is using God's love, but Peter, he responded with brotherly love. Peter had discovered that his faith was 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 weak. Peter, he in this moment knows that he has a weakness, and he didn't dare state agape love. But that meant he was in a good place. He was being honest before the Lord. But Peter, he was in a good place. He was being honest before the Lord. But Peter, he was in a good place. He was being honest before the Lord. 所以，当我们的主在问你说你在基督的身体里，你的地位是什么？你的身份是什么 ？Maybe you're like Peter. 
He says, Do you love me? He says, Ten my lambs. 他说, 牧养, and in your heart you say, I'm not able. I don't love you enough. I'm not ready. But in this moment, we saw how the Lord Jesus took Peter and said, Do it. In our midst, we have a lot of kids who need teaching. Ten my lambs happens to be one of the most important things in our midst. So in our response to the Lord, our, our, He tells us to do it. When he calls us into service, he's the one who enables. He's gone to the cross for us. He's prayed for us. He's enabling us through his Holy Spirit. So what's holding us back? He's called us, he's placed us in the body of Christ. We want to have that attitude of sharing all because it's all His. So let's just close with a couple questions. We are a part of this body of Christ. Are you like Barnabas? Or are you like Ananias holding back? Are we knit together? Encouraging one another as we serve him? Where is this love? The love of, of Christ is it expressed in our midst? Is God asking you to do more? To help more? 或者, 呃, 给大家有更多的帮助吗? Why are you hesitating? In some way, Jesus says, just do it. He's the one who enables. And so as we we appreciate these uh, the community we see in Acts. Let's give ourselves to what the Lord wants. Let's just uh, finish with Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 3. Let's 
Ephesians chapter 3, Paul prays for us. Starting verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, for whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man. 因此我在父面前屈膝，天上地上的各家都是从他得名。求他按着他丰盛的荣耀，借着他的灵，叫你们心里的力量刚强起来。So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and and length and height and depths, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up. To all the 主啊我们真的很深的祈祷主啊今天我们何等的需要你自己的怜悯教导我们如何在你的身体里面能够彼此相爱彼此切实的相爱活出你自己让别人看到我们就能够知道我们是属于你的主啊我们真的何等的怜